What we do here is go back, 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 back. Let's just call it the Jonathan Abrams section. Oh my here. god. So- everybody the raider take podcast i am michael mcdonald with me as always is andy mcdonald and just like the mud dogs when mama went into a coma we suck again how are you feeling (laughs) um i don't feel great by any means it was a tough tough day you know we watched the game together but it happens we'll get into the specifics of it all but it was a struggle struggled on sunday Definitely. Yeah. Like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, we are going to, uh, go over our mortal locks of the week, how those panned out. We're also going to add a little something to that and talk about maybe some bets we placed over the weekend. Um, some action we had, whether that worked or not, and then get into the, uh, get into the preview. So I'll kick it over to you and you start off with your mortal lock. Uh, Dude, I'm back. Back. I mean, You're just back, just like that. Who's just back like of the that. week? It's me. I'm back. So, um, as everyone remembers, you know, I went 0 2. It was a tough start at the beginning of the year, um, but I, I felt I felt good about this one. I, I went Packers plus three and a half. They were on the road Sunday night football. I was I was trembling. You know, I had the we had the unfortunate um, game for the Raiders that we'll get into a little bit later, and then I was just and I was getting my ass kicked in fantasy everyone cares about that and i was just like this is this day is just setting up to be just the worst and i'm gonna lose my mortal lock everyone's gonna turn against me grab your pitchforks they're gonna chase me out of town but alas i covered packers plus three and a half they ended up winning the game outright and here is remember i told you i wouldn't bet this yeah. game Naturally, right yes. i said i said i i think what has happened is i have bet my mortal lock of the week. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. Um, and it's failed. And I've lost, I, I have lost each time that I've bet my moral lock of the week. I did not bet Packers three and a half, sir. I bet Packers straight up. Oh, and they won. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I think that's actually, I really like this game, but I can't touch the points. So I'm just going to bet them straight up. And there we go. Yeah. So the we best way to Packers. fade yourself is to just go all out above and beyond what you actually it, said. <laughs> You just kind of kind of faded a little bit, yeah. you know. You can still yeah. like the points, but don't, don't touch them because it's yep. you Gucci curse it. So, yeah. anywho, I, I bet the Packers straight up. Um, they went on the road, took care of business in New Orleans. Um, I think you know everything that I thought about that game kind of came true. New Orleans, they they ended up putting together a relatively good offensive game overall. Is really a ton of Alvin Kamara um, at the end of the day, but Aaron Rodgers and then a band of misfits ended up just taking care of business there. So. Packers go on the road, 37-30. That concludes my first dub of Mortal Lock of the Week. I one and two. Feels good. It feels good, but, you know, let's get into this weak-ass game. Sorry, I, I, we should probably watch, I should probably watch this. But let's get into the game that you're just going to claim victory on that was the softest uh, of, the, of the year. Go ahead. Softest game of the year. 
yet my prediction of the Bengals covering five and a half went above and beyond coming true. Now, if you bet the Bengals straight up, you'd have pushed because this stupid ass game, like you said, tied 23-23 in overtime. Um, It was very soft of uh, both teams to kind of like end the game the way it happened. But here's the thing. We don't care about who wins or loses. We care about who covers. Um, I was shaking my boots a bit when they went to overtime and the spread was five and a half and the Eagles put it in the end zone. They literally hit a six and I, you know, I don't cover anymore and I'm not sitting here at three and out on my mortal locks of the week. Um, you know, letting down our listeners. I, I feel like for the Bengals, if you're going to take a week, very injured, unper- underperforming Eagles is a good week. You can't just take the Bengals in your week. And if I'd have lost this one, it'd have been a real, real knock to my uh, just confidence in going into these mortal locks, but they covered feel good. Just taking that juju and just going on with it. So um, yeah, it was well. The only thing that I'll say is, is where I have to give you credit is when you have called these mortal locks, it's not been like so like one-sided it's, it's when I believe when you called the giants bears, you were like, the giants are going to lose like most likely, but I see the bears getting out to a head start and it's like, and everything that you said ended up just coming through and like, they ended up just covering that. So it's like, it's not like you're like, dude, the giants are going to win by 30. That's why I have them at plus five and a half. You're like, no, I honestly think they'll probably lose this game, but I think it's by field goal, you know? And I think that's the person in your group that you need to just be reasonable about what that you're going into. So I'm not surprised you're three and Um, I'm a little frustrated because I felt so great about that lock and, you know, but it's okay. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm working a pill at this point and, and I'm excited for the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the perfect week to get back on track is when the Packers are under dogs. So. Oh yeah. That's, that's I, I thought it was a trap. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they made these numbers. They made these odds just so I could hit them hard and then just get the like out of it. But betting on the Falcons. Exactly. Um, well, so we'll, we'll roll, I'll roll here. I'll roll that right into our, our bets that we made of the week. So we'll do a little backstory real quick on it. Um, I've made some online bets before and um, you know, I won't name any names, no, no free ads. Um, but I used a, a certain website to, to place some bets. Um, I also created two accounts through that website and both accounts got locked because apparently you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> that was about two years ago when I was getting down some March madness action. Um, just recently, um, got an email saying, Hey, we're giving both of your accounts $25 to bet on. So I said, why not with this like lucky juju I got going on the mortal locks, why not make a bet for not only my mortal lock and not only Andy's mortal lock, but also the Raiders to cover in a three game parlay. And <laughs> damn, did I feel good going into Sunday? I was like, man, I like, I'm overly confident about the Packers covering. I'm like, the Bengals are probably going to cover for sure. And I'm like, you know, we talked ourselves into the fact that the Raiders are going to win the game. So, like, why wouldn't I be confident with that? Yeah, you know, well, so um, I, I had a I had a three-way parlay going on um, the Bengals to cover the five and a half. Raiders at the time when I made the bet was plus seven. So mm-hmm. um, they had to just be within a touchdown, underneath the touchdown. And, um, and then the Packers were at a plus three and a half. So. Yeah, that didn't work out for me too well. You know, it, I feel like with stuff like that, you know, it's 
it's kind of better to know right off the bat than just be hanging going into the Sunday night game and then lose. But um, if you had told me that the Raiders were the one to ruin my parlay, um, I wouldn't have necessarily been surprised, but I w- it, it is very frustrating when you're like, my team let me down in mm-hmm. winning money that wasn't even mine in the first place. So um, yeah, that was, that was one bet I made. I just tried to take the juju from this, from this show and just, uh, you know, speak it into existence um, that would in turn at least get a closer loss or win for the Raiders. So, No, I like that. Um, and, and just for everyone. So betting is starting to get rolled out um, legally in different States. Um, so obviously Nevada has casinos has it. Um, it's in, it's legal in New York, Pennsylvania, but it's kind of working its way out towards the West coast. And so if you are interested in, and some of that you kind of have to take um, different measures to, to, to get yourself out there to then be able to, um, you know, put some of your knowledge to the test and win some money. So um, just a couple, a couple things that I had going, um, I'll actually keep it pretty short and simple, which I don't usually do, but I had two different parlays um, that I would have won. And one of them lost because the Falcons gave up 20, points in the fourth quarter to lose wow and then the other one lost because the arizona cardinals lost to the lions holy um so i don't you know and 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 what i try to do is is really just take winners i'll just i'm like these are two teams that are going to win this week or these are three teams so i had a three-team parlay actually yeah three-team parlay and then a two-team parlay i'm like i just think these guys are going to win let's just call it good um, so the Falcons were just boat racing the bears. Then Nick Foles happened. Um, and they gave her 20 points in the fourth quarter and got shut out and ended up losing. And then the Cardinals lost to the lions at home, which everyone saw coming, even though they were favored by seven points. So that's where I am. It hurt. Um, but that was, you know, a couple bets that I made that didn't work out, but you'll have to see another day, especially when you bet the Packers. Uh, money line and then you bet the chiefs money line Monday night. let's go baby We're let's back go <laughs> <laughs> um, all right it. well we'll transition um because yeah. last week we didn't talk about fantasy um so we're not going to cover it this week but let's get into our, our raiders recap um just for the the viewers the listeners micah calls them the readers um, yeah I, that yeah <laughs> My bad on that <laughs> one <laughs> i think you should stick with it to be honest i think they should they should just be readers we'll send this out in braille. That was kind of disrespectful, but, um, yeah, I just, know. I'm used to people reading my content at this point, you know, I, that's, that's fair. It's, you know, it's so for those that didn't watch the game at home, um, the Raiders went on the road to new England. They were two and oh, New England was one and one. They ended up losing 36 to 20. Um, in the preview episode, Micah covered the offense. I covered the defense. So let's start with you. Um, what is your, what is your takeaways kind of going into it? Um, how did you feel that we were going to execute what ended up happening? Maybe a couple players or positioning groups that, that you thought did well or, you know, didn't maybe got dominated or didn't show up. So I'll pass it over to you for the Raiders offensive side of the ball versus New England defense. Yeah. So um, I thought it was a very frustrating um, and confusing game uh, only because the first half, the first half, um, it looked good for the most. I mean, it, it didn't look great. Things were sloppy, but 
you know, we were in the game. We were, the defense was playing well, which you're going to cover later. Um, but, you know, we were kind of in the game. We were doing things and they were able to essentially, you know, run the ball when they wanted to. We're having, you know, decent success passing, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it seemed like they were missing opportunities when they had them. But for the most part, you know, our, our defense was keeping in it, in it. And we were, you know, sticking with them. Um, you know, at halftime, it was uh, 13-10, I believe. And, um you know, you just felt like, all right, like things are going all right. It's not too bad. Um, and we just really need to kick it in gear. And, you know, we're missing Henry Ruggs, unfortunately. And so that, I feel like we saw that, um, like, rear its ugly head in the fact of, like, what, even though he didn't do anything in the Saints game, we saw what they had to protect against and game plan for. And I feel like that took away a lot of the offense in the sense of, you know, them very easily just kind of bracketing Waller when they wanted to and, um, you know, not having to worry about a speedster like Ruggs on the opposite end. Um, I think that we'll start with the weak spot. I think that the weak spot for us in the game um, was the offensive line. Um, we talked about how they, um, you know, we have some some young guys and some people out of position because of injuries, Trent Brown's out, Incognito's out. So you got John Simpson's, Simpson playing, you got Denzel Good playing, uh, you know, tackle out of position for the most part for him. Um, we talked about how, you know, the the defense that the Patriots run on top of Bill Belichick being a defense of mine that's just one of the smartest people of all time. You know, they were going to dial up a lot of blitzes. They were going to dial up a, a bunch of different, you know, types of packages that were going to essentially try to confuse the offensive line. And I think that they did a pretty good job of kind of just keeping them, keeping them guessing, keeping them on their toes, causing problems um, on both sides and getting pressure to car. Um, I think that, you know, they, we had car fumbled twice. Um, we had three overall turnovers. Jacobs fumbled as well. Um, the first fumble car had not his fault, kind of blindsided by Chase Winovich, got in there, got around and uh, stripped it from him. Second one, Fumbled it, was called a safety, turned over, ended up being a touchdown. That was – it's hard because it was uh, that was on him um, for not just, you know, hanging on to it better and, and getting out of the end zone. But at the same time, it was a split second before the defensive line was just in his face and he had to react. So um, the problem is, is when you look at the – you know, when you look at the stat sheet, it looks good. We had 126 rushing yards total. Carr threw for 261 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he had a you know 119.4 quarterback rating. By all means, did well. Um, I think the biggest issue where, like last week, where our defense showed up when they were supposed to, even though they didn't play great, our offense didn't show up when they needed to, even though they. You look at the stat sheets and they did play great. Not not played great, but you know, put up stats wise. You look at it and you think rush for over hundred yards, almost threw for three hundred yards, you know. Pretty decent um stats for the most part. But um I think one bright spot we kind of had as far as like a group or anything that stood out. I think the wide receivers did a pretty good job. Um they kind of spread the ball around, you know, they took away 
uh, Darren Waller for the most part. I mean, he just had he had two receptions, I believe, for nine yards. Um, they just took him out of the game plan completely. Um, earlier in the week, they were talking to I forget which DB it was, but they you know for the Patriots, and he was saying, "Yeah, Darren Waller's a great player, but we got something for him." And they definitely had something for him because they just locked him up the whole time. Um, and I think part of that is not having rugs out there to worry about a deep threat, you know, having to keep a safety on his end to essentially, you know, account for. Um, but we saw Hunter Renfro have a game. He had six receptions for 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, Brian Edwards had two receptions for 48 yards. Aguilar had two for 32 yards. Um, it seemed like the receivers were getting yards when they got the chance. Um, you know, they were, you know, we weren't throwing the bar super deep, but they were, you know, getting yards after the catch and kind of making things happen with the very little that they had. Um, Josh Jacobs had, you know, he only had 16 carries, but he had 71 yards on it. It's averaging four and a half yards a carry. I think it's kind of hard when you can't just, you know, when you don't feed him the ball 25 times. I mean, at that rate, he would have had well over a hundred yards rushing. Um, probably a couple of them, you know, at least one touchdown down on the goal line and whatnot. But you kind of get at a point where you're working on a game plan. They kind of like balled it up a little early and, um, you know, the line wasn't doing great blocking wise. So, um, I, you know, they, it felt like they kind of were transitioning into other things and not necessarily just feeding the beast like we have been. Um, also, too, I feel like they did a – as we talked about Patriots defense did a really good job at disguising coverages. And um, we talked about the cover one that they run where they just send four guys, they man up across there and just, you know, just tell us, you know, Hey, beat us, you know, beat us with what you got. And um, there was one play, I believe it was, it was only like the second or third play in the game. Um, they came out on a coverage that looked like they were bracketing, bracketing Waller over the top. Uh, and, I feel like DC saw that, um, read that, and and kind of you know made his adjustments and whatnot, um, but almost predetermined that he wasn't going to be able to go to Waller in that moment. Um, he ended up throwing it to Braylon Edwards um, on uh, Gilmore's side, and he broke up the pass. But you look back at the tape, Waller was one on one on a corner route, and was, I mean, mismatch play more than likely would have came down with it, um, and kind of probably would have set the tone a little earlier for the passing game. So. I think they did a really good job disguising the defense um, and kind of showing one thing and then, you know, playing another and just kind of got the best of us for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely frustrating on the, on the offense side of the ball because, um, and, and you nailed basically all everything that I was thinking, we didn't chat about this beforehand, but it was, we, we got off script. Um, really we are in a spot where Jacobs should see the ball 25 plus times. You know, he didn't, I think it was 18 or 19 touches overall, but you know, it's the Patriots make you play left-handed. Like we talked about, they make you, they, they want to double Waller. They want to, they end up doubling Waller. They show that they're doubling Waller and they don't, it's like, it's everything is, it's like they make you think and get in your head and make you get to your second and third or fourth read, whether it's pre-snap or post-snap. So they're either going to show that they're taking, you know, what you have and, and taking it away, or they're going to, adjust to taking what you have and taking it away. So I feel like that's what happened where DC would be like, okay, like you said, Waller's checked out. 
I'm going to get to my second or third or fourth and Waller is one-on-one coverage, which we would take in 80% time. Um, so it, it was frustrating because we were, it just seemed like, you know, they were playing chess, we were playing checkers in a sense, you know, so, yeah, exactly. but we talked about that, you know, I think you did a really good job of explaining kind of, you know, just like last week where, where the defense stepped up when we needed them to, um, the offense didn't really abide by that or, or do what they needed to on the offense side of the ball with three costly turnovers, uh, really that put us in a hole. So yeah, I can address that. Go ahead. Well, sorry. One last thing was it, I don't know if you saw, um, or any of the listeners saw, uh, DC's press conference. I don't know if it was after the game or if it was on Monday, but he was kind of, you know, stating how, you know, they go out there and they were kind of able to do what they wanted to for the most part within the game plan that they were trying to, you know, put out there. And it, it did kind of seem that way, like how I explained saying, like, you know, it was kind of sloppy, but it looked like we were doing good things and all that stuff. But it, it just came down to the fact that, like they couldn't do it when they needed to do it. And then all of a sudden the game, you know, got away from him. And, you know, you go into halftime and, you know, Bill Belichick adjusted to what they weren't doing well. And we didn't. And we didn't adjust to, you know, thinking about what their adjustments might be coming out of half. And it was just, you know, coming into half, you know, the second half, it was just kind of carried away. And it was, they didn't, they didn't adjust like they needed to, and they just couldn't execute when they needed to as well. So it's one thing about like not being able to just do anything. It's another, like, Oh yeah, you can, you know, your runs were, were breaking off. I think all the running backs had, um, were averaging, you know, over four yards of carry, but it's like, they couldn't do it when they needed to. And then when we got into situations, you know, Jacobs fumbles and we get into, you know, spots where the, the turnovers were just very, very terribly timed. So, no, it, exactly. It's one of those things where, you know, Jacobs fumbles inside the twenty-yard line um, that takes away of a chance of either three or seven, um, and then Daniel Carlson make, misses a kick, and that's three points right there. So, um, you look at it, we essentially missed out on six or ten points just within those things. Not to mention DC fumbling twice one that cost us six points. So there were so many things that like the score looks like we got the shit kick out of us. And that's what pisses me off is like for the people that were casually watching this on red zone or caught up in the box score, it's like, it looks like the Patriots handled us. And like, that really wasn't a game until late third, early fourth. We we're yeah, like, okay, exactly. we need to start turning this on, you know, because we watched the game, you know, yeah. um, but I'll, I'll transition to the defense side of the ball. And, and in the first half, honestly, dude, we, we played pretty good. Um, we, we actually played, played well, the, the first half, like you mentioned, ended 13 to 10 new England, but it was six to three with five minutes left in the second quarter. So it's like, we were going back and forth on just defense stepping up and the Raiders defense played pretty damn well. So, um, it was six to three with five minutes left and the Patriots go on a 12, um, 12 play drive at the end of the, at the end of the uh, quarter in, in the first half. And, they ended up scoring a touchdown. That was when the Raiders came back with their gnarly, like 45 second drive where they get, it's like big play, pass interference, Renfro, mm-hmm. then that punch out over to tomorrow. So mm-hmm. we end up, we end the half at 13 to 10. So the defense played pretty dang well. Um, and then you get into, you know, the second half and, and that's when things kind of started to unravel and just fall towards the Patriots way. And, and if you just look at, cam newton and and going back to our previews i was like dude like the first game of the year he threw for 
185 yards, but then he ran for, what was it, 75, 85 yards. Um, so he's just, he's dynamic. And then the second game of the year, he threw for close to 400 yards. He ran for whatever it may be. It's like they're, they're featuring him so much. But the thing about the Patriots, they're like, they're a chameleon and they will just change color whenever they need to. And so Cam, if, if, if we would have talked, right, on Friday when we recorded the, the preview pod and you're like, hey, Cam ends up with 189 yards in total and one touchdown. I'd be like, yeah, we would win that game. Yeah, we'd probably beat like, them straight by, up. Hand, yeah, handedly, like just. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, we, we would win. It, it would probably be like, I, I don't know, like 24-20 or 24-17, but yeah, we'd probably win that game. But he had, he was 17 for 28, a buck 62, one touchdown, one pick, and then running the ball, nine carries for 27 yards. Yeah. Right? And and, and once again, you can't be a box score reader because you actually have to watch the game. But, like, exactly what that showed was exactly what we saw on tape. It was like, no, we shut him down. And and really what it came down to is Sony Michelle, nine carries, 117 yards. <laughs> Rex, Rex Burkhead, right. six carries, two touchdowns. And he had one in the air. He had seven catches, 49 yards on a touchdown. So it was basically, you know, kind of where I'm going to transition is it was a, it was frustrating because our defense is on the, on the field so much, but they played so well, our offense didn't execute. And then it was just like, they it was like the inverse. Like when the defense would do well, the offense wouldn't. And then when mm-hmm. the offense would do well, the defense Never wouldn't. on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, I would, I would just, I, if I'm going to kind of steer this in the right direction, I feel like that, the groups that looked well, um, whether it's a player positional group, I feel like just really just the cam watch is what I'm going to call it. It's like the, the folks that were responsible for cam was the DNs and the backers. And I thought we did great, man. I thought they were like, it was early and often that they were doing read options. They were doing different things that were trying to trick us. And, um, multiple times you saw the DN stay home. You saw the linebacker stay home. Um, so the, the folks that were focused around cam did their job. We just have to call it what it is. Um, as far as the, um, the Raiders DB within pass protection, I thought they did well. Like I, I, I really thought they did a good job overall. And like, you know, once again, he only threw for 162 yards and 49 of that was to Rex Burkhead. So really what you're talking about is 110 yards, a little over that was to wide receivers. So I thought, I thought our DBs did well, you know, they didn't. And, and that's kind of what we talked about is they don't have a ton of threats outside of that. They have Julian Edelman. They kill Harry, but like, are they going to be someone we have to script around? No. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're going to have to deal with the running backs and we're going to have to deal with Cam. And we kind of were able to handle them kind of not. Right. So and I as, the, the actual good. Sorry. As someone who owns them in both my fantasy leagues, Julian Edelman did absolutely nothing. And that was, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I thought that was pretty key that they basically, you know, reeled him in and didn't, you know. Well, I mean, if, if you want to look at it, you have, uh, Nikhil Harry, Demir Bird, and, and Julian Edelman had uh, what ends up being seven catches in the game, mm-hmm. right? So seven of the 17. So that means the other 10 went to running backs or tight ends. So they didn't do a ton. I thought Damon Arnett played well. He got banged up, which is not good for us moving forward. And then we had Trayvon Mullen, who had really a lights-out game. Um, and that the reason I said is Raiders DBs in pass protection very specific. So, mm-hmm. um, when I transition <laughs> to the groups that look bad is, is number one, and we'll get into it as I'm going to tease you a little bit longer, but the D line. So the D line setting the edge, I don't know what 
is going to happen. Like, I really don't know what it's going to take for us to just say, hey, if we're going to be in a five-man front or four-man front, here are your responsibilities, okay? If you're lined up on outside shade of the tackle, take on his outside shoulder and set the edge, okay? It's so often that we, because think about it, right? If you're a D end, who is, who is to your left? If you're facing, right, you're facing forward and, and whatever, who is to your left and you're on the left hash? Who is? A corner. Uh, yeah, cornerback. And maybe a nickel and rarely a safety, okay? And you're going to be like, hey, man, I'm going to dive inside <laughs> because I would rather force this running back outside to the one person compared to the other eight, seven, eight, nine players on my defense, right? Probably the one person that's being ran off too. (laughs) Exactly. So the wide receivers are either one-on-one blocking them or they're running them off. It's like the Raiders do such a bad job at just setting the edge. And it's literally just the DNs taking an upfield approach, working the outside shoulder of the tackle. And just, it's not even like biting one way or the other. It's just being there to kick everything back inside. And it's okay if the tackle kicks you out because you have, the weak side or strong side linebacker filling you. You have the safety coming in a different lane. It's like, dude, but every time we keep fighting and someone dumb like Rex Burkhead bounces it out or Sony Michelle bounces it out and goes fucking 30 or 40 yards. It's like, dude, what are we doing? Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's so fundamental. And like it's that, I think that's the part that's so frustrating. It's like, it's so, it's so fundamental that like, you know what you're getting when you're going off the ball, you know, when an offense alignment is going to go, if he's going forward, it's a run. If he's going backwards, it's a pass. So, like, how do you not have that discipline to just stay the course? And you have to be that disciplined playing Cam Newton because you have to play that read option. So it should be even easier to make that decision. I'm sorry I'm going on a tangent, but it's so frustrating because it's so foundational and fundamental that they just can't do it. They cannot. They haven't done it the whole year. And it's and I literally – I'll text you or we've watched two or three games, but I'll be like, we can't do this. Yeah. Um, so I'll get into a different group because they, New England ran for 250 yards and it says, right. Yeah, they so that was on the, ground. the game. Yeah. yeah. And so that's then, so the D line can set the edge and then the backers and the DBs, what it came down to was missed tackles, gap protection and angles. So missed tackles. I don't know how many you counted, but there was too many. Um, gap protection. What I mean by that is basically right spot at the right time. More often than not, we were not right. More often than not, we were outside or we over pursued one way and missed a gap here, or we, um, were a little too late getting here and we got kicked out. Right. So it's like gap protection is where you're supposed to be when the time comes. And they were more often than not outside of their gap protection. And then angles, we can just, let's just call it the Jonathan Abram section. Oh my God. Thank you for getting. So what it comes down to, <laughs> so what it comes down to is Abram, and and I, I love the dude. He's very aggressive. He sets the tone on, on defense and has a ton of energy. But he takes so many um, chances. Let's just call it chances as as to just destroy someone or over the middle. And it's like, hey man, totally get that. And he's the only one that can actually do that on our defense. But you saw probably two or three or four times that either the running back made one cut because Jonathan Abram was trying to just de- deplete him, decapitate him, and he ended up going for 20, 30 more yards. So it's yeah. like you're the last line of defense as a safety, and you have to play that way. So um, 
I mean, really angles is, is, is one of those things. And, and, and that's also like, we have to attribute to no, no training camp. No, I mean, sorry, we had training camp, but no preseason games. And so you don't get used to that, but like, it, it's, it's really fundamental things that, that just from a run defensive perspective, like, dude, we shut down Cam Newton and our, our young secondary actually shut down their offense, but New England is just a chameleon and they're going to be like, no, we're just going to change and we're going to run the ball down your throat. And it's going to be 13 to 10. And at the end of the game, it's going to be 36 to 20. And it's going to be like, as if we blew you out. So um, it, it was just frustrating, dude. Like it was frustrating because I feel like we, we answered the bell in, in two of the three most worrisome categories. And then they just killed us with Sony, Michelle and Rex Burkhead. Like that's who we lost to this week. So very frustrating. Um, I really don't have anything else to say about that, but. It was, it just sucked. It sucked to watch. And, and then at uh, one point you're like, okay, it's 36 to 13 or whatever it was. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, this yeah, it's got away quick. Got out of hand. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and to um, kind of note on the Jonathan Abram situation, it's what's frustrating is like we, you can see, we saw early the um, really the benefits of how he plays when he goes out there and has 13 tackles and nine solo in the first game. And then you go out to this game and, I don't even know the stats on, on how many tackles or anything he had, but I know that he over-pursued way too many times. And like you said, he's just trying to light people up. And he was lighting people up week one, week two. He was, you know what I mean? He was playing flawless. And then this just exposed just his style of play, which love the dude, I, you know, and he's he's great. I love that we have that kind of player. But this exposed just kind of the, uh, you know, the undisciplined side of his game. Yep. Hundred percent. That, that that's kind of what it came down to. Is he's exactly what we need on the defense, but it was just so undisciplined. And it wasn't just him; it was so many other people that did that way. But it was like when we needed them to step up, they could not. We couldn't get off the field on third down, mm-hmm. and it, it it was just frustrating. Like it's once again, what sucks is like we look at it and they're like, "See, Raiders were two and zero. They went to New England thirty six twenty. That's just box score Raiders." And it's like, bro, it was actually like pretty dang close the whole game and we should have been up probably 20 to 13 going into the you know second half and getting the ball back but um you can't can't play in that in that lane as far as like what ifs or this should happen or whatever that exactly what happened happened and it was frustrating but but yeah i mean we're on we're on to Buffalo here, yeah. you know? Well, and the per- perfect example of not trying to look at a box score when we played the Chiefs last year and we lost 28 to 10 and they scored 28 points in the second <laughs> quarter and we shut them out for three quarters, <laughs> but could only exactly. put up 10 points. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it's definitely frustrating. Um, but it is what it is where, you know, we got brought back down to earth a little bit, riding high off of a, you know, two and oh, but we're still two and one, you know, and we got a tough stretch ahead of us, but. No, we do have a tough stretch. And, and then once again, like if, you know, I think I told you this on Sunday, like if you would have told me like, Hey, we will be two and one going to play Buffalo at home. I, I would have taken it in the beginning of the year. So, you know, it, it was tough, but we got to learn from it and we got to get better. We're not doing well as far as the injury bug is concerned, but we'll get, we'll get through that. And, and we'll see, um, you know, we'll see how we stack up against Buffalo and we'll get that thing kicked out on, on like Friday. Yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah. Well, can't wait. It'll be a good one. Um, as always, we appreciate um, all the support that we get. Uh, go on Apple, um, iTunes, rate, 
subscribe, review, let us know how we're doing, get some questions in. We got our review podcast. We're going to be reading some uh, listeners' questions, preview. not not the readers' preview questions. Podcast. Preview podcast. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be reading the readers' questions. We're going to be reading the <laughs> listeners' questions. Uh, get those That's in. I right. uh, would love to hear from you guys. And, and as always, uh, keep listening, keep supporting us. And, and, uh, we appreciate everything. Yeah. All right. I'll see you then, bro. Yeah.